Welcome back, friends, to our podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Mazadonsky, and today I have a special friend with you, and I just cannot wait to share her with our listeners. So today I have Corinne Phelps. Hello. How are you? I am so good. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for for having me. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. So since I already know how fabulous you are, but tell our listeners a little bit about like who you are and what you do. Ah, well, I am well, I'm from the Washington DC area, born and raised, and I am a coach. I've been in the coaching industry for, oh my goodness, a really long time. I don't even want to say how long I've, I've actually been in the coaching industry for, for like 17 years now. And it's been a, an evolution, but where I am today is helping female entrepreneurs. I help help female entrepreneurs achieve more, do more. So I'm basically a high performance coach and I help women achieve more wealth on a holistic level. I help you achieve more through nervous system regulation. Which I love because I just finished up with you, of course, and that was fabulous. And you've taught me already so much about breath work in just what, like a month? Yeah. So we'll have to talk a little bit about breath work too, because it has been, I feel like a game changer already in my life, but I know we'd already talked about touching on, which I think is something we all need to learn is how to just like focus more and cut out some of the distractions. Cause I know I can get caught up in the distractions. So I'm sure our listeners can relate to that too. So let's kind of dive in. Yeah, let's do it. Well, I mean, I I mentioned that I help people work on building holistic wealth. And really, when when I say that, holistic wealth comes from freedom of mind. And if our if we're distracted, if we allow our focus and energy to be pulled in multiple different directions, we are definitely not operating in a place of freedom in the space of our mind. Yeah, I know. I uh, can definitely relate to that. I often am like, what's next? What do I do? Or even just my brain just takes over. And I know something you've already taught me is just how you work in like, did you say two hours, like your focus time, and then you give yourself a, a break? Yeah, I work. I do these two hour deep work sprints for things that require us, you know, more time and more focus from, from us. I mean, so we, we often think that we can multitask or do multiple things at once, which is a complete fallacy, but there is no such thing as, as multitasking. And so I set up the structure so that there's like, I don't have, um, notifications on. I set up my environment so that literally I don't get distracted because every time that you get interrupted, whether that's from an email or, oh, I'm going to go check Instagram when you're in the middle of doing work, it actually takes you like a long time to refocus. So you're in something, you start working, you get distracted, you get interrupted, whatever it is. It takes you like 10, 15 minutes to actually get back to the depth of focus that you were in when you became distracted. So imagine how much time you're wasting. Yeah. So how much, how many things do you put in that focus time? Like how many tasks? Well, so when I'm doing deep work, those are usually things that are longer type projects. So I have a podcast and I also usually am writing for different publications. I I sit on a council for a, a women's magazine. So I have articles that I need to write or I'm writing my blog, which is something I use to kind of dial in and do research for some of the podcasts that I do. And so that requires a tremendous amount of focus. Also, when we're doing content creation, whether it's an Instagram actual post or you're creating a video, 
it, you know, that requires intentional time. So when I sit down in a deep work block, I usually am sitting down to write. Um, but in terms of like, I guess to answer that in a, in a more like, I guess, concise fashion, what I do is I have a list what I, that I make before I go to sleep the night before. And it usually includes about three bigger type tasks, projects that are things that I need to complete the next day. And so I take those into a deep work session. It depends, and it really depends on what, how much I get done in a two hour sprint. Uh, maybe I could get them all done. Not, not typically because, you know, things, all things take much longer for us to do oftentimes than we anticipate. So then how many of those blocks do you put in your day so that way you know you have that like focus time? So say you give yourself the three things and maybe you get mm -hmm. one done the first time mm -hmm. and then do you have multiple or how many do you have? Yeah, so I usually work in two, two, two hour sprints. If I am working on a massive deadline, I might do three. The thing about when you do deep work like this though, you need actual time to recover. When we, so when you do deep work, we drop into flow state, right? And so flow is something that we're all chasing. We are all looking to achieve and it's really kind of like an exciting, stimulating thing for your brain. But if you don't give yourself time to recover, which means white space in your calendar, means getting outside and doing all sorts of different things that are not uh, a huge cognitive load on your brain, then you actually, the next day, you're going to massively pay the price. Like we actually need recovery time to, to be able to step in to do work again the next day. So I try to keep it to two two hour work sprints like that per day. So what do you do in between then to kind of, like you said, that recover. So if you know you're going to have one and then you have a break, what helps you then to kind of refocus or yeah. so you don't get distractions going into your next block? So how I structure all of this, it's all about creating lifestyle, right? So it's not really about like, oh, I'm going to do this thing because I have to do it to get back to work. I'm actually creating and structuring a life that is and a, a lifestyle that's conducive to this. So all the things that you need to be able to do deep work and to really perform at a high level inside of those, those spaces is what I put in between. And so I actually start my day typically with um, a meditation. And then I do HRV training, which is a, a specific kind of breath work. I will then dive into a deep work session. In the middle of that, when I take a break, it depends on the day specifically what I do. A lot of times I will go for a walk outside and then I will come back and I will also do another breath work session. So I am a huge fan of hypno breath work and I will typically do a, a hypno breath work session and then actually jump back into a deep work session. And then after that, I'm try to, to hang it up for the day for that kind of stuff. Sometimes I have client facing work, but I also try to time block a lot of different things in my day so that I'm not, my energy isn't spread and disjointed. So then that breath work in the middle of your day kind of gives you that like clarity and that little boost of energy again to get back at it. Yeah. Kind of think of it like a cup of coffee, a mid-morning cup of coffee, <laughs> except for I'm doing it with oxygen. I love that because sometimes coffee just gives me more anxiety if I have too much caffeine. Oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. So I needed to do my, my breath work. I need to do it at lunchtime. <laughs> 
Well, that's, you know, that is actually my favorite time. My favorite time to do it is around that hour because what happens in your brain when we're breathing like that, it's actually a cocktail of neurotransmitters. We have that we basically have a pharmacy in our body and in our brain. And so using breath work, we're actually tapping into our own internal pharmacy. And that's, that's what I do to drop into flow and then get back and actually tap into like a deeper state of, you know, cognition. And it actually helps you drop into flow state when you use breath in that capacity. Yeah. And something else you said, I want to circle back to, um, cause you said something about the trauma response of working all the time. Oh yeah. So, well, so I, that's, we'll kind of like reverse it back. So how I got into working like this and like my real interest in dialing in my focus and my attention is I realized that I basically was working all of the time. It was taking a massive toll on not only my own, just, I think execution of things, my own output. I was taking a toll on my relationships. I was taking a toll on my health and as I started to, over the past few years, started to do this work and I started creating more space and I started becoming more proficient in the things that I was doing, I started to become keenly aware that my working all of the time was an excuse. It was an excuse because it was a trauma response. And so I was pouring myself into working all of the time, packing my schedule, keeping it so busy because then I didn't actually have to connect deeper with the inside of the relationships that I had or to do the work to expand and, you know, create new relationships or actually to feel any of the feelings that I was actually having myself. So being overly busy, yeah, right. Being overly busy and working all of the time is not a a lot of, it's like hustle culture. It's actually a trauma response. For most people, it is some form of, um, some people pour themselves into other types of addictions, whether it's, you know, alcohol, drugs, exercise. I mean, anything that we do a lot of is typically a way to numb and mask and hide from something else. Okay. So now if we know this about ourselves, like I did the same thing, worked all the time. I considered it like a hobby as a way to deflect, like you said, like feelings. Um, so when that stress comes in because of that busyness, like what are some steps you think we can take if we're not doing breath work yet? What are some other things we can do to really start to manage that stress around it and also feel safe to step back from working all the time? Mm. Well, the first piece is you have to start to be aware, right? Um, And then you have to find a channel to release the stress. So whether that is going for a walk to change the channel, whether that is moving your body, getting outside. But once you start to become aware of it, you're going to have to find a way to release it, to connect and allow yourself to feel the actual feelings. Then once you start to feel the feelings, we have to find a way to process them and probably go in and connect to the pieces that are the root source, which is likely somewhere stored in your subconscious mind. And so then that's a whole nother deeper conversation (laughs) to (laughs) dive into. Um, But really it's the piece is awareness, right? So when you notice yourself, feeling, whether it's stressed or in the spiral or whatever your particular, I guess, um, 
whether they triggers or signals or symptoms actually are, it's to start to ask the deeper questions of like, what's going on here? Why am I feeling like this? And starting to connect the dots. Yeah. Yes. So how could we use like the time efficiency, like being more efficient with our time to then maybe allow ourselves to be okay with that space. If we're starting to cut back from like the busyness of allowing ourselves not to feel. So what would that look like? Um, well, to become more efficient with your time, I mean, that's a, there's a whole, whole structure you can start to put into place. Um, but I think that the deeper question that is, it would be first to ask yourself, what are you avoiding? Right. Because Mm. it's going to be very hard for you to prioritize getting more done in less time. If you're actually not wanting to have free open space and time because it becomes a self-sabotaging cycle, right? And a lot of times this busy thing is it's, we make ourselves busy because it's a self-sabotage. We don't want to have to sit with our own thoughts. We don't want to have to do the work. We don't want to have to feel. And so there has to be a desire to actually, to get in there, to start to do the work to, so that you can actually have the white space to have the deeper relationships, to relieve some of the stress to start to experience a deeper sense of joy and fulfillment in life. That is such a good question. So hopefully our listeners heard that mm-hmm. of what are you avoiding? Cause I didn't think about it that way of like the self-sabotage of um, just having work and more to do, or just putting more on your plate to be in avoidance. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's that whole, the whole trauma response, right? It's, And so it begins with the awareness that it's actually happening, that you're consistently, constantly busy. And Mm -hmm. the thing is, is busy is a choice. It really is. Yes. How many times you ask people like, oh, how are you doing? And they're busy. How are you? Yeah. (laughs) And, and we were, I think we were talking about this actually in one of the, the program that we were just in is that it, when you start to say that you're like, am I actually busy? And then it's like, and when we say I'm busy, the response is always like, oh, how are you? And then it's, oh, I'm so busy, mm-hmm. right? It's this like autopilot response that we all have because there's this sympathy, I guess we can commiserate. We can connect on that because so many people, that's what they say. So th- there's that piece. So I think there's connecting to that and then rewiring your language around that. Like my, my, when someone asks me and my default now is to catch it and say, ah, oh, if, if I've been feeling very kind of like I'm doing a lot. I'm like, ah, it's really full. My, my, my day, my week was very full. And you already just in that start to bring some level of awareness of how you, your language really wraps up how we feel about certain things. Yeah. Cause even when you said that, just my week was really full, it doesn't feel so heavy and it doesn't have that, like the way you said the whole busy, you were like, oh, Like, and that's, and you feel that difference, like being full could be in more like, oh, I'm so grateful. My busy is my week is growing or my business is growing. Um, and that feels more of like gratitude than when you're just busy. Like you said, it just feels more heavy or miserable. Yeah. And I think what happens from there too, it starts to be a natural and like empowered choice, right? Because then when you start to look at 
okay, I get my, my week is full. We start to actually, I think, become much more keenly aware to the things that we start to say yes and no to, because oftentimes that crazy ugh, busy is because we're saying yes to things that aren't in alignment. We're saying yes to things that aren't actually serving where we desire to go. And then your schedule becomes packed and then you become mm-hmm. resentful. And then you in that resentment and frustration that you're not moving the needle towards the things that you want to be moving the needle towards, then it becomes this whole, whole cycle, right? You're so busy. You're so frustrated. Then we start to numb out and we just allow that to continuously happen. Yeah. I I want to circle back to like you, the whole saying no thing. Cause I think um, we, you know, we have a lot of women listeners and myself included, you know, I always say I'm a recovering people pleaser So we want to say yes to like everything. So from an entrepreneur standpoint, what would you say to make sure you're staying aligned? A couple questions that we could just bring awareness around our yeses and our nos. Ah, yeah. So I think it's starting to have an internal, you know, question system. So I, that, that gut reaction of wanting to say yes, typically we're in a conversation and we're excited. We're feeling really connected to someone when we're, when we're talking to them and they ask you to do something is to, to breathe, right. To, to have an internal, just, okay, let me take a breath. Okay. Do I really want to do this? Do I have the bandwidth and capacity to do this? And does it truly actually serve the things that are on my list for the things that I want to do, that I'm building, that I, I'm moving towards. So my initial reaction has become this default of, oh my gosh, this sounds really amazing. Can I get back to you? Because if you can't, a lot of times to answer those questions really quickly by like, you know, in your own head immediately, that's a muscle. We have to flex that. And so buying yourself a little bit of time to step back and make sure that like, look at your calendar and to not feel pressured in the face of someone looking you in the eye, asking you to do something, a friend, a relative, another entrepreneur, let yourself feel the excitement of a being asked. Cause it's just nice to be asked. Right. Mm-hmm. But then give yourself some time. And so typically you can just say, Hey, can I, can I get back to you? Is it okay if I let you know this afternoon or tomorrow? And then follow through and let the person know, like, take a look at your schedule, honestly, ask those questions of yourself and then let them know whether it's something that aligns for you that you want to do or you don't. Most of the time I'm going to say like, you should probably be saying no 99% of the time. Ooh, really? Why is that? Because it 99% of the time, it does not align with the things that you're, it's taking, it's taking away from the things that you're actually working on. That's, that's a good point. Um, so what would be some ways to really tell that it doesn't align? Like if someone's excited or they're in the beginning stages to where they feel like they should be saying yes to everything, but really you're saying they should say no more often. Oh my gosh. Saying no more often. It's definitely for sure. I mean, we, I think if you're in the very beginning stages, perhaps we're in a, I am trying on a lot of things that just to find out what you like, what you're good at, what you want to be working on. So maybe you are in in a yes season, but even if you are in a yes season, I think buying yourself some time and doing a gut check to make sure that it is a yes because you truly want to try it on and it's serving you that that exploration 
Or if it's a saying yes, because you are want to be liked, you want to, you know, to please someone else, you don't want to hurt someone's feelings, because those aren't reasons to say yes, it is a reason to say yes, if it's like, ooh, my I'm really curious about this, this might expand me, I might learn something in this particular experience. But it's a whole different experience or a different thing when we're saying yes, because we want to make someone else happy. Yeah. And I, like I said, I think we're all have a little bit of that people, people pleaser in us. And like you said too, like just feeling good about being asked to be a part of someone else's business or something we're doing together. I think it, it does feel good. So a lot of times that initial yes is like, Ooh, because that's giving you that satisfaction and validation of just being asked to be a part of something. Absolutely. Yeah. So I like that. I need to, I need to write that one down and and probably go buy it more often of saying no more often, but something is that helped me too, is like you said about checking your calendar. So that way I yeah. don't overextend myself. That kind of helps me to see, okay, I really don't have the time and packing it in there would just then stress me out more. Or I think too, when we're too tired or too burnt out, like I start to lose that creativity to put more into the projects that I need to be working on or the things I need to be moving forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I even think when you're in a season of, um, of exploration, a lot of that exploration isn't necessarily exploration that you want to be doing in the context of other people's stuff. You know, it's reading, it's these kinds of things that allow you to make a decision that's like truly based on your own internal space. And then back to what you were just saying though, is like the, we pack our calendar, we pack our, our schedule, you say yes. And then you end up back actually back in this whole like conflict with yourself, right? Because you've said yes, then you're tired. You know that you you really don't want to be doing this. You don't want to, but then you actually have to make a choice to either keep your word or to break your word and cancel on someone. And then the tipping point in there is when you've made a commitment is that when we break our commitments, it actually harms our, our confidence in ourselves, right? But then also you have that then you're stuck between a rock and a hard place because if you're burnt out, that's also not going to serve you either. Yeah. And then when you're breaking that, like you said, the commitment to yourself, then you will question decision-making moving forward. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I have to touch on breath work. Yeah. So we need to awesome. dive into a little more of that because I have really loved it. I'm so glad that you've introduced me to it. Um, it hasn't been that long since I've been doing it, but now it's like, I want it more in my life. So mm-hmm. what made you get started in breath work and wanting to learn about it? Ah, so, well, I was asked to, to do this retreat for a global events company. I was supposed to enroll this executive team into their, um, into the company mission. And so I had recently experienced breath work and I knew that it was powerful, but I didn't actually have a quite the breath of understanding. Yes. Play on words there. Um, of really the depth of what it could do for me. I just knew that I had had a kind of cool experience. It could probably support them. And so I signed up for a certification. So it was a little bit of a like sight unseen in a way, cause I hadn't really had a depth of experience with it yet. And when I went into this certification, it completely cracked me open. 
I full admission, I went into the certification with probably an inflated ego and like, I'm just going to get here. I'm going to go in, I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to take it. And these people are going to have a great experience, but it's probably not going to like do much for me kind of thing. And I went into the certification and just literally broke me open. I experienced inside of the of the certification, probably, I think I like, it was like six breathwork sessions back to back, which proves that consistency and like layering it like close together is really what's needed in order to tap into what it does for you internally. And on the other side of that, what I found was that I had experienced a level of gratitude and love. Like I had really, I think only ever experienced one other time in in my entire life. And so at the, on the other side of this container, I had this moment where I actually tapped into the same feeling. I feel like your audience is, is women. Um, when I had my daughter, when I like literally gave birth to my daughter and they put her right onto my stomach. And that moment when you're just like overcome with this, like, like there's, you're just going to break into a million different pieces because you feel so much love and gratitude. That's what happened on the other side of that, that, uh, that breathwork experience or, you know, certification. And so that was really the beginning of my obsession, my interest. And from there I dove in super deep. I completely transformed and changed how my business ran. That's I lead with breath work now and pretty much everything that I do. Yeah. From what I've got out of it just in a month, I feel like it's this next, it kind of reminds me of like an onion, like the personal development and growth journey. It's like, you know, I started with my mindset and figuring that out and had these new realizations. And now it's like, the breath work is just like another layer of peeling back that onion and self-awareness is kind of what I envision when I think about it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I mean, whatever way we, we come to this internal work, it, it is, it's like a gateway, Mm -hmm. but I think with breath work, what happens and the reason why it's so, so powerful, first of all, we all breathe, right? So it's, it's literally our life force and the things that it allows you to access in the most accelerated fashion are, I don't know. I've just never experienced anything like it. Yeah, no, it's been great already. So I hope if any of our listeners want to give it a try, definitely reach out. And I think, you know, let everyone know like where they can find you, especially if they are interested in learning more. Cause I know I want more now that I've done it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I am on Instagram. My handle is Corrine.Phelps. So that's C-O-R-E-N-E dot P-H-E-L-P-S. I am on Instagram. Well, not all the time because I'm getting really dialed in on my focus, but I do answer in the DMs very frequently. So shoot me a DM, say hello, come come say hi. I also have a podcast myself. It's called the Super Expander Podcast. So uh, it's another place to find me and dive into the community over there. And there's actually, I have a couple of breathwork sessions that are on the podcast over there. So it's another way for you to kind of toe dip and get an experience. Um, yeah. Yeah. Give those a try. Um, so are there any last words that you want to leave our listeners with? Mm, last words, you know, I think that if you are, whether it's building a business or whether you are trying to create more fulfillment in your life, 
the place to start really is by guarding your own personal attention and, and your energy. So good. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking time and I'm so grateful to share you with all of our listeners. Oh my goodness. Thank you. I'm so, so grateful to have been here and had this conversation with you today. All right, ladies. Okay. So as always, listeners stay cheeky.